Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Monday, December 11th. It is Mailbox Monday, one of my favorite days of the week here at the podcast. And I'm going to be talking today about something that I was asked last week. I keep getting this question over and over about what we allow and don't allow our children to watch on television, the things that we uh, expose them to, etc. And God has a lot to say about it in his word. So stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. So before I get started, oh my goodness, you guys, big, big, big news happening uh, in the world around us, right? Not to mention uh, this is the Christmas season. But I love what happened last week when President Trump finally acknowledged Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. I thought Twitter was going to implode there for a minute. But the thing that's interesting about this is President Trump was just doing what previous previous uh, administrations have said they would do. And then no one ever has the backbone to do it. He was just acknowledging uh, reality because Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. So it'll be really interesting to see. Someone was asking me the other day if I thought that this was uh, prophetic in any way. And there are so many things that are happening in the world around us right now that are signs that we are living in the days of Elijah. But what's interesting to me to note is that uh, while all this is happening, the president is being, I don't think I've ever seen a president as attacked and maligned as President Trump. And typically, whenever uh, I see someone who's being attacked and maligned, they're usually doing something right. (laughs) So whether or not people sometimes ask me, do you think President Trump knows the Lord? I have no idea. I don't I don't know the man. I've never met the man. But I can tell you I'm praying for him. I also prayed for uh, President Obama when he was in office. And I think we need to continue to pray for our president, that God would give him wisdom and that he would be surrounded with godly counsel. Uh, My husband and I pray for him and for the administration, and for our nation, and for uh, the state of Washington where I live uh, all the time, because the Bible says that there's power in prayer. So I want to just encourage you uh, to continue to pray. We pray for a revival. Like I've said before many times on the podcast, you know, we spent the last eight years, or I guess it's been, it'll be nine years now when uh, when, uh, President Obama was sworn into office, trying to make uh, hope and change come to us because of a president. And now we're trying to make America great again uh, through a president. And God works through leaders. I mean, the Bible says very clearly that when a wicked person is in authority, the people suffer. And so we don't want to be under the authority of a wicked person. And at the same time, we're never going to make America great again, apart from the saving grace of Jesus. And so really what we want to be doing uh, alongside praying for our president is really praying that uh, God would, his spirit would pierce the hearts of men and women and that they would be brought to the recognition of their sin and come to repentance and saving grace in Jesus. I'm actually working right now on a new book that's coming out next year. I can't even believe it. I'm working on another book. My kids are like, why are you sitting at your computer? I said, I'm writing a book. They said, but you already did that. (laughs) You know, right? And now I'm doing another one. And I think I might be It's hard to say because I love becoming mom strong. I'm almost, I'm as excited, every bit as excited about this one and maybe even a little bit more because it's gonna take you directly to the battlefield of spiritual warfare. And the Bible says in Ephesians that we don't fight against flesh and blood enemies, but our battle is a spiritual one. And so the the new book I'm writing 
which which is going to be really geared at helping you to fight uh, the battles around you from a from a spiritual perspective, I think is going to really encourage you. I appreciate your prayers as I'm working on it. Um, it's just chock full of scripture and praying the scriptures, and I can't wait to see what God does with it. Hey, real quick, before I get into the meat of today's topic, I've got an announcement from my friends at the Institute for Excellence in Writing. They do this really cool thing every year, and I'm going to announce it again for you. They do something called 12 Days of Christmas Giving where each day from December 26th to January 6th, you have the opportunity to claim a free gift from IEW. And they don't just give away, you know, bumper stickers. It's cool what they're doing. So you can check it out at IEW.com. That's the Institute for Excellence in Writing.com. Also, I want to let you know, I've got a brand new ministry launching on the 1st of January called Mom Strong International. We're going to be uh, doing Bible studies. It's a subscription-based Uh, ministry program. And you guys are going to be able to join me in weekly Bible studies. We're starting in the book of John. I cannot wait to dig in. We've been working on this now for a little while, and I can't wait for you to see it. So I will announce when it's ready. But what I want you to know is uh, for the first month while we sort of beta test it and make sure that there's we can iron out the kinks in the system, uh, we are going to be letting you get in at an introductory price, a really low price of it, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, $5.95 a month, I think. And for that, you're going to get 48 uh, Bible studies. You're going to get video from me, access to um, to teaching tools so you can start your own MomStrong group. I am passionate about helping women get into the Word. And so that's what we want to do. So check it out, momstronginternational.com. All right. So today's question is kind of hearkening back to the, the one that we talked about last week. And she's asking me about movies for her younger children, but I'm going to take it a little bit farther. So she's saying, do you allow your children to watch movies like Trolls or Moana? Anything that seems contrary to God's word. I view them as a life lesson opportunity personally with my children, but I think it would be helpful if you did a podcast on how you parent and guide your children through those lessons that come up in movies, like where happiness actually comes from. Um, I think moms feel judged a lot. This is I'm continuing the question. I think moms feel judged a lot by family who may have different views on what they should and shouldn't be doing when raising their children. Moment of silence for every single one of you that has felt judged by somebody else for how you raise your kids. Maybe a little help on how to deal with these people like family that really seem to down your choices would be good. This is so hard. All right. So first of all, can I just say, Uh, you know, I'm always telling this to parents, it takes a long time for, uh, for parents to raise their children. No one ever goes up to an apple orchard owner here where I live in the great state of Washington. We have apples, right? Apples is kind of the big crop here. No one ever goes up to uh, an orchard owner who has just finished getting his sapling into the ground and criticizes him for the fruit that's not on his sapling. Because we all know that it's going to take a long time for that tree's roots to grow down deep and for there to be fruit at all. But they'll criticize you for the way that you're parenting your children, even though it's not yet time to see the fruit of that. Now, I can see why uh, we want to we want to definitely hold each other to a to a scriptural standard, but we need to be careful in the way that we approach this. And I want to be careful in how I approach this topic, too, um, because I think that there's room for freedom. Uh, I, and I want to I want to talk about that freedom, and I also want to hit hit the main point that parents need to remember that they are responsible for their children before the Lord. So God says that we are responsible to train our children in the way they should go. Why? So that when they're old, 
They won't depart from it. But the Bible has a lot to say about the guidelines that parents should follow when they're raising their children. In the in the book of Third John, uh, chapter one, verse eleven, it says, "Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God, and anyone who does what is evil has not seen God." Psalm one hundred one, verse three: "I will set before my eyes no vile thing. The deeds of faithless men I hate; they will not cling to me." Ephesians 5, verse 4, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Can you kind of get the drift? The Bible is teaching us that there is a right way to live our lives in such a way that it points other people to the Lord. We are to be the fragrance of Christ. Colossians 2, verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. And I kind of I want to sort of bounce off of this verse in Colossians where uh, we're being told to see to it that nobody takes us captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. And I want you guys to know that the people of influence in the television and movie industry, certainly out of Hollywood, are definitely attempting to change your worldview. So if we think that, oh, this is an innocent, you know, the the movie is innocent or or this series on Netflix that I'm watching, that the people are doing it solely for my entertainment. I actually don't think that's true. Uh, Grant Tinker, the former chairman of NBC TV, moment of silence, (laughs) said, if we can start changing attitudes in this country, we can start changing behavior. Robert Bazell of NBC News went on to say, objectivity is a fallacy. There are different opinions, but you don't give them equal weight. And that's absolutely true in the news. It's absolutely true in movies. And so what are we called to do as believers? Well, we are called to be discerning and wise. And what we want to do is teach our children to be discerning, to be able to cut through whatever the worldview is in the movie that they're watching, whatever it is that they hear on the news or on television. They need to be able to go, hey, that's actually not what God says. And so we want to teach them to be wise. And so I, I I think we need to acknowledge that we don't live in a vacuum. And I think there's a kind of a, there's a dangerous, kind of a dangerous philosophy of parenting that I saw certainly in the homeschool movement, you know, uh, 20 some odd years ago, when we first started homeschooling, this, there was this idea that if we just protected our children from every, every um, hint of sin, that somehow they would grow up and they would not be sinful. <laughs> okay, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. We want to be careful. It's like we were t- we talked a little bit right last week about Stranger Things, and I told you I watched it for a while, but then it just I was like, dude, come on! Like my spirit was totally grieved. My spirit was grieved, and as my spirit is grieved, I am responsible then to look at my children and say, okay, if the Lord is telling me, actually, this isn't this isn't okay for you. There's lots of reasons why. I'm not talking about um, the obvious things, right? So I think we can all agree that uh, watching porn is bad, right? We don't have to sit here and go, well, I don't know. There could be, you could you could talk about the worldview. No, no, no. I'm talking about what this, what the, uh, my listener just asked me about things that seem innocent on the outside, like Moana. So in the interest of full disclosure, can I just say, I actually loved Moana. <laughs> okay. I, I get that there's voodoo in there or whatever. And it was, I I loved the music. Uh, my kids loved it. We loved it. And if there's anything that that's in those movies that I, th- that I think is shaping my child's worldview, then I'm going to address it. But what we want to do is uh, we can't parent our kids in a vacuum. 
So this idea that somehow you're going to be able to protect your child from every uh, from every evil by simply just making sure that they don't see any of it, I think isn't really looking. You know, we used to, I think when uh, our kids were younger, I mean, certainly when our adult kids were younger, I had this sort of um, fairy tale idea about parenting in my head that if I would just um, if I would just do those things that my children that I could that I could somehow insulate them from the world but the best way that you insulate chi- a children isn't by making sure that you uh, that you corral them and are lording over lording your authority over them for everything that they watch and everything that they hear you can certainly do that and you should do that when they're little right so I'm not saying you know let your kid let your three and four and five and seven year old just run in and watch whatever they want to. But there comes a point in which you want your children to own their own walk with God. And so what we want to be doing is teaching them to develop their own heart of conviction, which comes from the Lord. It comes from walking with the Lord. So when your kids are little and when they don't know the Lord, that that Holy Spirit um, direction is going to come from you. But when they reach an age of accountability, when they begin to get older, um, that that uh, they need to be able to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit themselves. Well, one of my favorite books uh, ever in the history of parenting, uh, I'll link back to it in the show notes today, A Biblical Guide to Parenting Teens. And on page 127, so he has a chapter in here called Convictions and Wisdom, probably one of the most inked up chapters of the book, although I inked up a lot of the book. Um, he's talking about exactly what I'm trying to to uh, to get to the heart of today, which is our children need to reach a point where they own their walk with God. And if their walk with God is only you, I promise you when they get out from underneath your authority and when they move out of your house, they're going to be, they're going to be doing a whole lot of soul searching. And so about halfway down page 127, uh, uh, Paul David Tripp, who's the author of the book, gives an illustration of what it looks like to begin to allow your children to exercise wisdom. He said, before our son had arrived, it's, well, let me back up. He said, my wife and I were going to a weekend conference. Our son asked if he could stay with a family from our church who had children his age. We agreed, dropped him off, and went on our way. It seemed as if it would be a nondescript, uneventful weekend, but little did we know that God had something else planned for our son. This was going to be a weekend of temptation, of choice, of decision, and of the costly exercise of faith. Before our son had arrived at our friend's house, the kids in the family had gone to the video store to rent a couple movies. You guys remember that? Moment of silence for going to Blockbuster. (laughs) I feel like a dinosaur right now. Movie watching was going to be the big event for Friday night. It just so happened that the parents of the family had to be away that evening, and after they left, the videos came out. It wasn't long before our son realized that the videos contained material he should not be watching. What would he do now? He could watch the videos, probably neither we nor his friend's parents would ever know. He could protest and see if he could convince, could convince the others not to watch the movies. He thought of going somewhere else, but he really didn't have anywhere to go. He decided to try to convince the others not to watch the videos. They thought he was being stupid and put the first video in. As a young teenager, not knowing what else to do, he spent the evening in the kitchen eating more chips and drinking more soda than he ever had in his life. He'd made a choice. He'd exercised conviction, and he had taken the heat for his faith. When the parents of the house came home and found him in the kitchen, they asked why he wasn't with the others. When he explained, they had two reactions. First, they were upset with their own children for the video choices they had made and for their insensitivity to their guest. Second, they were amazed at our son for the choice he had made to live out what he thought was right. 
I'm afraid, and this is what I want you to hear, I'm afraid that many of us are so busy making decisions for our children in order to keep them safe that we do not teach them to develop their own set of internalized biblical convictions. It's one thing for a teenager to do what's right under the watchful eye of a parent or threat of punishment. It's a quite another thing to see the independent, unpressured, heartfelt exercise of personal conviction. As we are preparing our teenage children to go out into this darkened, fallen world and live a godly life, it is mandatory that we make the development of internalized convictions one of our primary goals. This is so important, parents, for you to understand, because we need to be having conversations with our children. Our children, basically, they're watching what we watch. And, you know, I'm always saying we can't give our kids what we don't have. And we need to show them that we are exercising wisdom. Why? Because we love the Lord. And when a teen encounters wisdom issues, he's never going to solve them by treating them as if they were simple boundary issues. If he tries to do that, he's going to lose confidence in scripture, thinking that it does not speak clearly to the issues of his life. And then in his lack of confidence of scripture, he will move toward one of two extremes. And we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, legalism. That's when you make everything a rigid boundary issue and foolishness, which concludes that anything that is not an obvious boundary issue is unimportant and not addressed in scripture. So as parents, we have an opportunity with our children. We can say, we can, we can put blinders on and say, Hey, it doesn't matter. The the music that we listen to doesn't matter. The television shows or the movies that we watch don't matter. But the fact of the matter is it all matters to God and we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So this is where I think, you know, we can kind of move off into murky water when we say, well, I didn't let my kids watch, you know, Pollyanna because, you know, there was, she was abandoned by her parents and then she disobeyed her mother. And, you know, I, and even, uh, you know, I would be loath to uh, criticize somebody for taking their kids to Moana. Well, probably because I took my kids to see it. (laughs) But there are other movies that I think, boy, you know. Uh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't watch that movie. And my husband and I will talk about it and we will make that choice for our children. You need to make that choice for your children. We're supposed to encourage each other and sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron. It's so important for us to remember that what we're doing in training our children every day, the way that we live our lives. So if your kids know that you're just dying for them to go to bed so that you can watch that thing on television that you probably shouldn't be watching, I would say that you maybe need to look at your own life and go, Lord, am I setting an example for my children? Colossians 3 verses 1 to 4 uh, says, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And, and Colossians 2, verse 6, which I love this verse, one of my favorites. It was on our daughter Sierra's high school graduation announcement. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your life in him. And she was saying, in, in choosing that verse for her high school graduation announcement, she was saying, I get that my parents' time of being the primary influence in my life is over, and now I'm going to continue to live my life in him. That's what we want. That's what we want. We want to live our lives in such a way that it pleases the Lord. So I hope you guys have been encouraged today. If you've got a question you'd like me to address in the podcast, shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. I would appreciate it if you would make sure and put 
uh, mailbox Monday in the subject line. We get a lot of emails over at podcast at the busy mom. So if you would put mailbox Monday in the subject line and shoot me your question, we would love to address it here at the podcast. I hope you guys are having a fantastic December. Don't forget my friends at IEW have their awesome 12 days of Christmas giving giveaway where each day from December 26th to January 6th, they're going to give you an opportunity to claim a free gift from IEW. You can register today at IEW.com. Thanks for listening today, everybody. I appreciate you listening. Thanks for leaving us reviews on iTunes and I will see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.